This is Ursula Hogan. Welcome you to News Extra on Scarif Bay Community Radio, where we feature interviews which go into detail on some of the events in the news this week. Just before Christmas, a new cafe, Josiane's Patisserie, has opened in Ogunlo and has already attracted a large clientele from around East Clare. Jim Collins called in and spoke with the owner, Elaine Mead, about the new venture. We're here this morning in Josie Ann's Patisserie here in Ogunlo and I'm with the proprietor and that's Elaine Mead. Elaine, good morning and you're welcome to Scarif Bay Community Radio. Thanks so much for having me. Elaine, uh, a new venture here in, uh, tell us how you, um, how you, it came about that you opened your cafe here. Um, so it was lying idle for quite a few years and I was put in touch with the owner and um, after a few months it just all kind of came together then, just took a shot. Yes, and have you, you've been delighted with the response? I'm overwhelmed with it, honestly. I didn't expect at all for it to be as busy as it is or so much support from the whole community and surrounding communities. It's been amazing, yeah. Yes, and I suppose there, is, uh, there has been a Saturday morning uh, cafe uh, in by the community, which is up the road from us, and that always went well. So I suppose there was a market for it. Absolutely, and there's nothing really local around either I say midweek or on a Sunday you know more regular so it was badly needed I think and the response has been great yeah okay and it's it's um, I suppose when you when you opened here do you do you get clients and people from all around not just from Ogunlo presumably lots of passerbys actually with the walkway um huge amount of cyclists and walkers and with my loss it brings good traffic on the weekends and stuff so even for January yeah there's been good passerbys and good like visitors to the area as well yeah okay so what kind of uh, staff have you here have you many people employed so I have one full-time and a couple of part-time then when I'm get a bit busier and obviously family <laughs> yes of course <laughs> absolutely they're all that would be lost without them they get dragged into it absolutely yeah they have no choice um but yeah, no, they're amazing. I'd be lost without the whole team, really. It wouldn't work otherwise. Okay. And tell me, what, um, what, what's on your menu generally? Is it, it's, it's more than just a cup of coffee. Yeah, so we have... Our coffee is 11.14. And um, pastry is my background, so that's what I love to do. Um, but we do have breakfast items like sausage rolls and granola pots, but there's no kind of sit-down um, fries or anything like that and then the pastries are scones and cookies and brownies we make our own sausage rolls and we make our own brown bread and tarts and over time I can't wait to get into the more kind of finer pastry side of it what I'm kind of used to as well so once I get a bit more settled I'll introduce that kind of a bit as we go as well so okay. I'm looking forward to that I'd imagine that will go down well here in <laughs> I hope so yeah, yeah. And uh, tell me, the, your opening hours then and opening days? So we open Wednesday to Sunday. Wednesday to Saturday is half nine to five, and then Sunday is half nine to four at the minute. Okay, so so you're closed on Mondays? Closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, yeah. yes. and I suppose you do need a break. Yeah, <laughs> we do, okay. for sure. You, you also do takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. It's sit-down or takeaway for everything that we offer, which is great. And there's a huge amount of interest in both, which is brilliant. You know, people popping in on their way to work or their lunch break or um, people just popping in for their coffee with their friend as well. So, yeah, people are coming of all ages, which is amazing as well. There's young, old and everything in between. So it's so nice to see. 
And you have, I mean, it's a, it's a lovely, I suppose, airy place and that there's plenty of room. And um, I love the colours, yeah, the, your colour scheme with the chairs. There's a lot of bright uh, pinks and greens and, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's a cheerful place to come into. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's what I kind of wanted to go for, somewhere cosy and airy and nothing too kind of cluttered, but still kind of gives you a feel that you could sit down and enjoy and not feel like you're sitting on top of every table around you kind of thing and have a good chat and with my so the name Josie Anne's came from my two grannies Josie Josephine and Anne so like I love all the old school china and so I wanted to bring a bit of that in it for sure but the nice pop of color then brings it kind of a little bit into yes. this century as into well, this nice. century yeah well there's some there's some lovely I suppose artifacts old kettles uh, there's an old weighing scale up there um, so it, it does it certainly does give you a sort of a, an old feel as well yeah no I love it I love yeah. all that and come on, what's your own background you're from Ogunlo yeah from Ogunlo um, went to college or went to school in Ogunlo and secondary in Kittaloo college in Galway then I studied Bachelor of Business in Culinary Arts and then I went to London after I finished and I've been there until 2020 and I moved home then in 2020. So I started Josiane's as a kind of a different project in the middle of the pandemic. I started in an industrial unit doing just delivery and online. And then once this became available, it was a no-brainer. It was always the end goal, but just in the middle of the pandemic, it made it a bit more difficult. So, yes. And you ended up at home where you started. Exactly, yeah, yeah, which is great. Like, it's brilliant to have so much support around. And, yeah, definitely. I suppose your opening here as well obviously coincided with the end of the pandemic, or at least we hope the end of Absolutely, the pandemic. yeah. Um, I mean, it must have been frustrating the, for, for people in your business having having all the restrictions. Yeah, it, and it was a bit mad, I suppose, to open in the middle of it all as well. <laughs> but um, you kind of thought at some points there was a light at the end of it. But I think we are on the way out now and it'll improve for our industry as well, which is great. It's badly needed. Yeah. Well, it's certainly a, a cafe like this for people to wander in like we're having, coming here in the, in this morning. It's absolutely needed in the place and for to, to meet our friends and to relax. So it's, it's, it's a great facility for that. Thank you so much. Many uh, thanks for having us in this morning. Good luck with the rest of, with the project. And uh, we look forward to your um, to the patisserie <laughs> part of it when that comes on stream. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Thanks, Million. The week just gone by saw the 50th anniversary of the Bloody Sunday murders in Derry. President Michael D. Higgins marked the anniversary with a special message, and we can hear that now. Accordia, 50 years ago today, in one of the shaping events of our modern shared history, thousands of men and women set out from the Cregan to march for civil rights. 14 people ultimately lost their lives, and many more were injured as a result of what unfolded on the streets of Derry that day. As we listen to their names being recited with deep sadness today, we remember them and those tragic events not simply as history on a page, but as part of the living memory of so many of the people of this city and indeed of this island. Just as the families of those lost that day have done throughout their long years of campaigning, we remember too all of the families who lost loved ones to violence during the Troubles. 
Let me pay tribute to those who have made and continue to make it possible for us to stand in this ceremony of memory and solidarity with you today. The families and neighbours of those who lost their lives in Derry all those years ago, those who in a relentless pursuit of truth stood in solidarity with you during your long campaign to vindicate the memories of your loved ones. Your campaign required overturning those forces who sought to avoid the necessary truth of what took place and evade accountability. Forces that stood between you and your efforts to overturn, for example, the historic grievous wrong of the Widgery Tribunal. Let us recall and acknowledge that an important outcome of that campaign against what was an enforced amnesia was the Savile Report and the significance, let us recognise it, that is attached to achieving the fundamental acknowledgement in it that what happened that day was unjustified and unjustifiable. Through that hard-won outcome, that acknowledgement of the profound injustice that had been done and in the reconciliation thus made, of historical record with the full evidence and facts of what had happened that day, it was possible to conceive of a memory based on the vindication of truth, a vindication that might come to be in time a source of peace and value in the search of all others seeking peace through such a recovery of truth as constitutes ethical memory. We remember today that breakthrough of justice that is represented by the Savile Report then and the importance of recognising and acknowledging the courage and endurance of those involved in the campaign that precipitated its publication. We remember it not as something perfect or complete and not as a resolution for the families or for the city or for one community but rather as a step away from any form of collusive evasion, a step forward for everyone, everywhere, seeking the truth of actions, again in common with every other effort at achieving a measure of an enabling justice for the future, one that can succeed, and in that it comes after historic injustice, invites to a future in peace. The events of that day 50 years ago reverberated across this island and around the world. It is a profound tribute to the community they left behind and all the people of Derry who have such a profound sense of belonging, a sense of community that generates resilience, one that includes those that have passed on as well as the living. You are seeking once again to send ripples out around the world, not now merely of justifiable shock and anger, but of an enabling hope, justice, and reconciliation. The people of this city have offered an example, indeed led the way, in finding agreement and accommodation between communities and traditions. May they go from strength to strength, Gonairi how well qualified you are in your seeking to share your experiences with other communities engaged in peace building. 
You have pioneered a meaningful form of dialogue, one underpinned by mutual respect. It is an approach that engages with and construes a troubled and divided history, not as any setting of the limits of what is possible, but rather by transacting its facts with an inclusive respect, constituting a means of bringing into being new possibilities and new opportunities. Yours is a city of diverse sources of pride, ideas and of energy, with a vision for the future. Yours is a city thriving in its efforts at achieving a transformed society, one that was made possible by the Good Friday Agreement, built as it is on ideas that reflect the values for which those thousands of people marched that day 50 years ago. Equality, justice and respect for civil rights for all. Above all, your city of today and the future is made possible by the best of what was and what remains in your hearts and your willingness to share it. In marking the events of Bloody Sunday, we are given a unique opportunity to recognise and respond to some of the most painful facts in our history, atrocities inflicted on communities, including state violence. Such a process of ethical remembering is the very antithesis of any other forms of remembering which would seek to facilitate or encourage any kind of conscious or unconscious amnesia as to persons or events. Your use of memory, of recognition of fact and transaction of difference, or construction of intention is a potential path to an inclusive healing and ethical remembrance. It is one that allows for the necessity that must never be avoided of coming to terms with recalled outrage. Transacting that outrage is an empowerment that may even prove to be emancipatory of grief. Amnesia, however, it is based, and it is sometimes feigned or masked, is amoral, denying as it does those affected by painful historical events of any recognition of their losses or the right to have memories of those losses. The 30th of January 1972 will live on in our collective memory, as will your efforts of vindication of the truth. We honour the morality of that memory today. We honour the men who died, and we continue to honour them into the future by our continued commitment to the rights that were won at such great cost. We do so best by protecting these rights won and sustaining the principled and inclusive peace that we have built together. Let us all celebrate that in transcending all the darkness and the wrongs, the exclusions today, Derry stands as a beacon of hope and justice, of battling and succeeding against the odds, a peace and a people with an inclusive achievement of dignified and respectful ethical remembering. That is your legacy, and the legacy of those who lost their lives on that day, Bloody Sunday, and on subsequent days. It is a contribution to be sustained and extended. Though either warrior, shirkan shiri dananamaka, may they rest in peace. Divsha iliak, berbanak dontauki.
You have been listening to News Extra on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Join us again next weekend and we'll keep you updated on local events. This is Ursula Hogan for Scarif Bay Community Radio.